Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Good evening and welcome along to the forum um, on a sad Monday night after a horrific draw at the weekend. <laughs> uh, tragic Chicago Bears loss last night, Sack Matt Nagy. Um, and Liverpool top of the league. So that's it. The, that's been the forum. I've been your host, Phil Casey. Good night. God bless. We'll see you next week. We've <laughs> 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 Of course, it has been yesterday. Good evening, lads. Well, I see all the regulars. Some of the regulars are in. Dave Lennon's in. Give you a big wave. Say you're saying doing that and go bears and bear down all that shit. Um, and then Medna Toker's in. He, I don't think he leaves. I think he lives in our comment box, which is fine. Uh, tonight below me, I've got Shane Davin. I've got Pete wearing his uh, 1988 Euro 88 uh, Holland jersey, and then of course to my left, your right, everyone's right, left. It is of course. Andrew Young wearing his uh, Never Buy Dawn's T-shirt. Um, so that's it. Uh, where are we? So uh, tonight we're going to have a chat. The, the Fatback Four cover off the match um, of a Sunday where there's a three-all John. Three-all John. Three-all John. Three-all draw with Brentford where Liverpool managed to give up the lead twice but did get the lead back after not being in the lead once. Um, so the swings and roundabouts of it says that in reality, uh, Klopp should have stuck an extra defender on with, with about, about 10 minutes to go. We've got to trade the back to just cut out the wing side. But uh, don't need to go too much to that. We're going to be doing four topics tonight, looking at various different things. Um, the first topic, I don't know where I'm going to go first, but there is, we're going to talk about Jinx jerseys um, because of that yellow thing, abomination that the lads are wearing at the weekend. Uh, we're going to look at um, bottom reds and their inability to understand tactics. Don't know what Pete's on about, but you she usually get to find out with this. Uh, Shane's going to talk about agents in the game and the impact of agents and agent fees and, and all that type of stuff that's going on. I'm going to finish off with a celebration of Liverpool's greatest footballer of all time in history, which is, of course, the Egyptian king, Mo Salah. Um, there has never been a greater footballer uh, to play for Liverpool Football Club, and you can use all these other names from, the, from history, but nobody even comes close to him. Um, and we're going to celebrate that. We're probably going to celebrate that more so as much as we win because, to be honest with you, it's the best thing to talk about is just how brilliant Mo Salah is. Uh, and hopefully he's getting a massive contract that makes him more paid than Messi and Ronaldo put together. 
That's what I say. I hope I hope FSG give him a billion euro a week, a billion euro a week, and we can't buy another player for ten years. That's what I hope. Right? That's because that'd be very cracking. Right, uh, let's where we kick off. We go for the. Uh, P- I don't understand this topic, so you take us away for us. That's right. No, no, no. <clears throat> Listen, to be honest with you, you you have the normal meltdown. I mean, where that's supposed to start? We go all the way back to Andy. I mean, a long time ago, talking about you know relax about transfer activity, relax about, um, you know, not buying the Mbappes and the, the big the big name players and relax about F- FSG. I mean, we had a, I think Sunday or Saturday morning, there was a, a bit of a meltdown uh, regarding the fact that Jones might start. We, we, let's not even go through that. I mean, for me, he was probably one of, certainly our most energetic and most responsible midfielder against Brentford and things we completely lost control of the game. When he went off, and that's just the beginning. I mean, when you consider the meltdown that the Chris and the bottom reds had at the fact that he was going to play, I thought he was goal aside. I thought he was absolutely outstanding, arguably one of the better players on the park. Then you look at, I mean, I'm not. I don't even want to focus on, you know, how Liverpool did because there's too much made of where Liverpool poor. You know, do Liverpool need this? Do Liverpool need that? From me. I thought, you know, sometimes the bottom reds don't see what's going on in the in opposition's camp. You know, they they pick up their FIFA joysticks or their their newspapers or whatever their magazines or their 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 Garth Crooks, um, you know, columns, and, and they think that um, Brentford, the Brentfords of this world, should go down with ten points in the bank. No, not so. Thomas Frank, we won't discuss about Brentford's money ball being very similar to Leipzig, having a very responsible and stable model and having a very, very good tactician. But what I will say is, you know, they've probably they've looked at us extensively. Um, they've looked at how powerful we are through the middle. Obviously, Fabinho, uh, Firmino was a huge miss, but they looked at how powerful we are and they decided that we're just going to try and cut us off at what we do best. So I thought, if I'm honest, Kanyas, who... You know, didn't set the world up on fire when he was playing for Liverpool, but he looks a proper player now. So he did a fantastic job on Robertson. Uh, you know, Robertson was eight times out of ten, his second touch, he was in the tackle, to be honest. One, and it wasn't that he was just so poor. I just thought Canis got really a, across to him very, very well. I thought that Henry did a fantastic job. Similarly, on Trent, again, same reasons, nullified the threat. At times, when we had the ball, their three-five-two looked like a rigid four-four-two. It looked like we were gasping for breath uh, at stages. To be honest, um, I thought Fabinho was pressured by Onyeka very, very well in the middle of the park. Didn't really look comfortable. Looked class, but didn't look as comfortable as he normally did. And the, their two boys up front did a fantastic job. Again, you know, a, a lot, a lot of people miss the fact that you know Virgil, arguably, you know, when we're not playing great, is, is sometimes our playmaker. And I just thought the two lads pressed Virgil so high up the park and Matip so high up the park that they looked uncomfortable in stages, to be honest with you. So for me, you know, you're looking at you're looking at the gnashing of teeth all the way across the, the preparation for the game at Young Jones, who, who, by the way, I thought Klopp was going to change his mind when, when the goal went in and keep him on the park. I thought that changes things. Um, yeah, we you can always say that without Firmino, there's just that, that link between midfield uh, and the attack is completely missing. So we don't dominate games as well when he's not there. Um, 
And obviously we didn't have anybody to break the lines, someone like a Keita, and we don't we didn't have anybody to pick a decent well, a great pass consistently when you don't have Thiago. But for me, I really didn't enjoy I don't never enjoy Liverpool uh, dropping points, but I really enjoyed Frank and I think Klopp enjoyed uh, Thomas Frank, if I'm being honest with you. And because he tends to enjoy those real tactical duels. It wasn't a, a Bournley two points, it was a it was a genuine tactical battle and I think a lot of bottom reds out there who'll be moaning about oh we should sign Basuma who you know who knows we should sign this we should sometimes they need to give less credit to the fact that what Liverpool are missing and more credit to the fact that you know teams can be sometimes very well prepared and still play the football against us it's not it's not two points that I wanted to drop but to be honest with you I actually enjoyed it and the great thing about Liverpool and Klopp and Linders in the background they will have learned they will have learned again from Saturday, and you know, lightning won't strike twice. It's it's it seldom does with Liverpool, but when it strikes, it strikes well. But I just wish these bottom reds would just have a look at the game, have a look at the game. You know, instead of thinking, oh, he's rated eighty nine on FIFA, why isn't he able to take on a rate at seventy two and a half? No, this is not football. You know, football is about cohesion. It's about a plan. You know, it's about it's about you know making a plan for what you're coming up against. I wish these bottom reds would just sit down and, and watch the game instead of moaning about who we haven't signed and, and who happens to be injured at the time. And I just, to be honest, it sticks out in my head. Andy, I have to say, I have to give Andy his credit because even I was kind of like, oh, why aren't we doing this? Why aren't we doing that months ago? I can't remember the topic, but, you know, when we spoke, I think myself, yourself, Andy, and Gav on one of the shows, and I was like, yeah, I mean, it's either a plan or it isn't. And sometimes you're going to get nights like this, you know? Um, uh, Pete, I think it's bollocks what you do, most of what you just said there. <laughs> part, part the bottom, bottom reds are arseholes. I, don't think I think the term bottom reds is, is shite. I think they're just arseholes. I think people, arseholes, the people who speak, who spend their time on Twitter moaning, don't realise that spending your time on Twitter moaning doesn't really deliver anything to anyone, doesn't change anything, doesn't make the dial change. All you're doing is you're shouting into a large echo chamber. You may as well go and stand on the top of a mountain and just roar what you think, what you're thinking of typing. You'd actually be better off going to the top of a mountain and roaring what you want to type into your machine um, out because that's the impact it's having. You might think when you get the nice likes and retweets and, and, and people interact with it. So you don't think, Phil, on the subject of bollocks, you don't think that uh, Brentford had a plan, came with it, executed well, and uh, were probably unlucky not to win. And there was yeah. nothing glaring. You don't think that Brentford were, were very good? No. no, I think if we play that match, 20, I think if we play that match twenty times, we win it eighteen times. We had so many mm. chances to win that game. We should win it at the end. The keeper had an absolute series of worldies. Yeah, in fairness, he was excellent. Um, good goalkeeper. He started the league season very well. Yeah. I mean, the yeah, save, the save, love. the save for Jota was unbelievable. The follow up. Mm. It was yeah, uh, Dudek esque, you know, when the Champions League, the last practically last kick of the game. You know what I mean? Just he was there. Like, got up. No matter who, what, no matter what team has won a league, no matter what team, with the exception of our, the year we won the league, the year before last, um, where we didn't drop any points uh, up to after Christmas time. But look, this is what happens. All teams have the, the trick here is not to lose the game. Last year we got thumped by Aston Villa in more or less the same game. If you remember the first half of that Villa game, it was swashbuckle, it was end to end stuff. And every time they hit the ball, it seemed to hit the back of the net. We we'd scored two goals. There was, no, there was there was nothing different um in this. The only bit the only bit that I thought was interesting is that they overloaded Trent 
on the back side. I, 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 I'll take on board the Robertson point, but I, I think the only bit, and sometimes Klopp is guilty of this. I don't know whether it's because he was down bodies in the midfield, but I thought that the lack of substitutions um, was the one thing that really killed us in the end because we could make one sub and I thought the game was crying out, particularly when, was to, when I went to 3-2, that maybe throwing another centre-back on um, to prevent that quick switch that they're trying to trying to get two and two two bodies across and Trent trying to expose them with, with a cross field ball. That was the only that was the only question mark. I had. Yeah, I would I would tend to agree with that. Considering look, 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 you look at where the goals came from, they're looking to get balls into the box. Uh, yeah. Second balls, I look at the balls. We, we didn't defend well, but second balls dropped from and stuff like that. But generally, in the past, I found when he's gone and put that towards centre back off, it kind of it doesn't really help us at times. Yeah. Uh, or it, it certainly hasn't in games in the past. It's kind of gone against us a little bit. We we don't uh, we don't play it well. But I, I thought it was it would have helped the other night. Particularly, you could see that second goal. The amount of bodies Trent is trying to deal with the back stick, um, and if you can get a towards centre back on there um, to give him a dig out, I thought I thought they really. Well, listen, I was was at a communion looking at some, but me found something on the telly. It wasn't really a viewing experience that I enjoyed. So, but it, it looked to me that they kind of went fairly direct and tried to get in over Matip and uh, over the boys. And I didn't think Matip had a good game. Never looked like he won a header all day. Um, but listen, Brentford under the lights halfway four season in the Premier League. Liverpool coming. Listen, you can you can that's, draw that game. So listen, I'm, I'm, I'm disappointed that we we didn't see it out. One thing I would disagree on what people uh, are saying is. Brentford will take points off top sides there. I'm not sure they will. I think they're very open. I think we should have. We had chances there to kind of put the game to bed, uh, and we didn't. And I think I think uh, what, I think they're very open. I think that I think the top sides will go there. And win. Just just to echo that point, Chen. I think if uh, when we come to the end of the season, if we don't win the league, <coughs> there'll be two points we look at that we drop because mm, I think they're going to be course. murdered. I think they're going to be murdered by most teams that go there. I think they can see, they're going to concede a load of goals. Um, to the likes of United and, and City and, and and all the teams that are decent defensively wise and they, I, I can't see them staying up to be totally honest with you like, I see all this just because they took points off us now they're going to stay up and they're the, the second coming of the greatest well, if, you know in fairness they're not languishing this is not a team that's languishing in the bottom of the league lads this is a team that turned Arsenal over convincingly in their opening fixture this Arsenal. is not <laughs> We can make a case for, for anyone, to be honest with you, but these are all Premier League sides. Oh, no, I think that they're, on, they're, on a they're on a crest of a wave. I think the, the danger always comes for the newly promoted sides after Christmas. Um, you don't want, to, you don't want to be playing them. That, that it was a bad time to play them, you know, let's face it. You know, it's the time, as the season goes on, that, that sort of um, energy... Will taper off as it always does. Um, it's it's how long they can keep going. Really, I mean, look. I think it's a great start. I think the bit that you got right is that it is a fantastic uh, example of the money ball model working because they went yeah. after that. And they, they're, they're a mini Liverpool in that respect, so they've openly said it. Um, I think Billy, I think Billy Bean has has money invested yeah. in in Brentford, and that's why. And, and they went to look at it from using an analytical model to try to get up, and they've achieved getting into Premiership. Fair play to them, but it's just for me. That's that's a fast bike in Barcelona. Wow. Um, the, <laughs> But I, I think, honestly, I think, sorry, Andy, I'm just going to say, the only, uh, my only query is, you've got Canate, you've brought him in as a big lump of a fella who could deal with aerial threats, and we've seen him being able to do it, and that was my, he's sitting there on the bench, mm. 
for the last 20, 15 minutes, lump him in there. And I think that if you have, if they're putting the pump balls across, it's going to help out Trent. And what, 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 what do we lose? We could take Mane off. Maybe we could, you know, you keep your midfield together if you wanted and, and get, just get them to sit a little deeper and play in the counter. We have the best team in the world to play in the counter. And to me, it's just like, that should be, that is normally meeting meet and, and, and drink to us, that type of mm-hmm. position. Yeah, I, listen, in fairness, we, we miss a little bit of guile. You know, maybe Frank is, you know, is in, inspired by that in the middle of the park. You know, that I transition. Think he's Thomas really Frank, to be totally honest with you at this stage. You, you, I think he's yeah. a good manager. I think he's a good but manager. Actually, I, I, Actually, thought the same about Ralph Hassan, 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 David Hassan. No, I mean to be honest with you, to be honest with you, look, fair play to him. The, the thing I like about him is the fact that people seem to stick by him regardless of what happens, which yeah. probably says more about him. I mean, uh, there's not many managers will suffer a nine year loss and still stay in a job and turn it around. So two of them, you know, yeah. This is what I'm saying to you. Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes we write people off, and we live in a world of extremes where everybody wants to. You're either extremely good or you're extremely shit. Maybe look at the bit in the middle before you start writing everything off, you know? I mean, what has this guy done between his two nine nil defeats to still I mean, be in the job? Just to, just to wrap it up, just because I want to give it an award because you mentioned him last week, but, but Curtis Jones had a great game um, and it, it seemed to really annoy an awful lot of people that he had a great game and his goal deserved to win the game. To be totally honest with you. I know it takes a little nick, but it's, it deserves to win it. Yeah, he's not a, he's, he's not a shiny new thing. Since when, are you, since when are you sitting there outside the put in still? Can you, will you let Andy talk this? <laughs> <laughs> sorry, sorry, brother. 16 minutes in, I haven't had a word. Yeah. Uh, it's a now, come here to be, to be fair. Um, look, Cordis Jones was taking a bit of stick before the game. I don't know whether any of these people, like Pete's calling them bottom reds, you know, I don't know whether these people should have it, should count, you know. Um, there was all sorts of comments and abuse coming in before the game about was starting and. So there's some account there that does compilations and all full on FIFA accounts. Um, and look, Curtis had a great game. He was excellent. I'm excited about Curtis this season. I think if he gets games, he's gonna he's gonna be a you know um a shining light for us. He was good to get the goal. Did deserve to win the game. A lot of over analysis as usual. Hot takes and over analysis uh, after a Liverpool result. It's a draw. It, it's a tough place to go at the very beginning of the season. Yeah, Tom Bowen says there that Thomas Frank got his tactics right. Thomas Frank was brave and it, it came off. But on another day, Phil, as you say, if you played them 20 times, um, Liverpool missed two Gildes chances. There was Salah's uh, chance that went under the keeper. It was cleared off the line. And there was Salah's chance where he just had to pass, it, pass the goalkeeper. There was another one, uh, Jota, where the keeper made a worldie. Um, there's... It, Another day, that would have been six, whatever, two or three. All their goals came from sloppy defending. You know what I mean? <laughs> and talk about, you know, Thomas Frank masterclass and all. He was just brave. And what he did enabled him to stay in the game. And if they got a chance, they took it. And look, that, that happens in football. It's it's not going to be the, the last time it happens this season. It'll happen in other games. That's the idea. If you can stay in the game and the Liverpool don't take all their chances then you then you're gonna get picked off. The learning uh, lesson there for it is just Salah just pass the ball, pass the goalkeeper, make a four two, put put an end to the game. But that's football. It, look as usual, hot takes and over analysis. Liverpool will be fine. They're still top of the league, and they won't have that sort of concentration lapse against City. At least I hope they won't. Um, it was just a, a one off game, and there's no need for all this over analysis and and. 
like all of a sudden Mane is not capable anymore. Robertson, because he hasn't started the season so well, we're six games in, come on. Do you know, there's an interesting fact that after six games, the eventual champion is located somewhere in place one to four on the table. And that's always been the case since the Premiership in 1992. Mm. So whatever teams are there in the top four, which strange enough happen to be Liverpool, City, Man United and Chelsea, the champion is coming out with those four. That's a seriously hot take. I bet you that's a bit of insight that you were expecting. So, yeah, kind of thought they would have been our uh, Chris Brax is, uh, is a top red, bottom red scar, still 7 1. Yeah, it, it's 7 it's 1. And um, that's the top red, bottom red happiness index that I'll be uh, covering for the rest of the season. I love an index. I love an index. <laughs> yeah, it's, the, it's the happiness index, you know. So, I didn't give the bottom reds a point uh, this week. You know, although they're very happy, I didn't give them a point because Cordes Jones scored, so that kind of took a point off them. But uh, yeah, so the, the score remains seven one. There we go, seven one. Yeah, a lot of people on Twitter have been saying, "Like, are you not too old <laughs> to be doing to be still going on like this?" And look, the, the simple the answer, answer is, the answer is yes. <laughs> the answer yeah. is simple answer is yeah, I am, and um, but I don't really give a fuck, and it just gives me a lot, it gives You're me right. a lot of satisfaction at the end of the season. Uh, because when when we win titles or you know Champions League or or, or we're enjoying ourselves, you know what I mean. I see that as a reward for all the support, the unconditional support, and the suffering that we've done over the years with shit football under Hodgson and uh, I'm going back forward and under Sunas. So when we're playing good, we're going through a golden era, and you see people that just don't seem to grasp the fact that. This is a kind of a golden era. I mean, unfortunately, you've got City on knocking around, which is very hard to compete with. But um, this Liverpool team is still phenomenal. And I don't know how you can support the team in such a way that you're constantly looking at negatives. I mean, as as Pete says there, you have to give credit to the opposition. And they were there waiting if Liverpool didn't take their chances. I mean, we, we didn't lose the game because Robertson had a, had a poor start to the season. Our man is, doesn't seem to be himself or or you don't like Curtis Jones. I mean, we had chances to win the game. We didn't take them. And then sometimes in football, you get punished, especially when you're that sloppy. You're talking about balls that are bouncing all over the place and hitting crossbars. <coughs> the other player just getting there first. Like, these are the margins of football. We still drew the game. We're still top of the league. Seriously, like, give it up. The, can I just encourage everyone here to been off in terms of top reds and bottom reds basically you're all a bunch of weirdos go and stand on a mountain and just shout right and let your echo come back and hit you about 50 times because that's all that's all it is it's a fucking vast echo chamber people going Aah. i think i think it was top reds now there's no such thing as top reds but look the term has been invented by well, um boy whatever um it's it's the supporters who yep. who you I'm know going to, i'm going up to the roof of the apartments here i'm going to just stand there yeah. and just shout, shout out ideas onto the street all night long instead i'm going to yeah. get drunk and just do it and that'd be more fun see what see if anybody should be gas right imagine if you just stood up on a roof and just started shouting things you know random things that are affecting you during the day <laughs> and if people started shouting stuff back to you from other buildings that'd be great be like when the first lockdown happened be like like the when the first lockdown happened and people used to have sing songs out their windows and people respond back and and life was great where people were interacting with each other again even though they couldn't uh, leave their houses but there was more they're having more interaction with real humans than they ever had before 
So, uh, yeah. I won't. No, David, I won't wake up the baby because uh, I'll be up on the roof screaming out, right? So the baby, they'll just think it's, it's ambient sound, white noise, because uh, that's all social media is. But I want to move along. Uh, Spin the wheel of what the topic is going to be next. And I'm going to go with Shano. Shano. You want to talk on, 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 on the back end of um, the top red, bottom reds conversation. Uh, you want to talk about these uh, these leeches that live uh, in in the world of football agents and the impact yeah. of agents on the footballers? So walk walking and rolling with it. Well, I'm just kind of looking at the top end of it and kind of the bottom end of it uh, as regards. Listen, there's been a lot of talk of this uh, Haaland auction that's going to happen now next year with me and Oriola. He seemingly has got 73 clients in European football, which is mental, like Pogba and Zlatan and whatnot. But seemingly, I was reading an article there from Bill earlier, and seemingly the money that... Bill. Number, <laughs> Bill. The, numbers that, the numbers that are being spouted around is he wants, he's looking for 825k a week for Haaland, and he wants 34 million himself. Um, And the father gets a big payout as well. Right, so just thinking of agents and bringing it back, like we're obviously... Top reds, bottom reds, whatever. We're not in the picture for Haaland. That isn't going to be happening. He's going to PSG or he's going somewhere else. But I'm just thinking about agents and the times that like they, they do good and bad in the game. Like there's probably cases <coughs> on both. Like we've had we've had the, the young players at Liverpool, your man Jerome Sinclair, AD Ward was his agent, same agent as Sterling. Got him out of Liverpool. I think he's playing for CS, uh, he's playing in Sofia now in Bulgaria. Um, he doubled his price, won transfer deadline, left him stranded at a train station with Sheffield United. They pulled out with the the Bobby Duncan stuff. Um, Gerard's cousin, that big that Twitter spat, yeah man, so if Ruby, his agent had with Carragher. He's gone to he went to Fiorentina, he's now in there in Derby County Reserves and canking in the team. So I'm put on the and like and I went back reading an article. I was like I was like Andy today. Look at me notes and I was like I was like Andy. <laughs> Like a lot of Liverpool fans to bring up agent fees, right? And some of them would say we pay too much and stuff like that. And that's listen, that's fine. Everyone has their own opinion on that. But in the twelve months from from March last March, Liverpool spent twenty two million in agent fees. But United City, Chelsea, all spent more. So that suggests to me that that's kind of the price of their own business. You can't give out about paying out agent fees. And then complain that we're not getting next player, and we're not getting boy player, and we're not strengthening the squad. But that would suggest to me it's kind of the price of business. If you want these players, you have to get into bed with these fellas. Mm. And like I listened to Damien Delaney before speaking about, you will get phone calls. Like he says, clubs use agents. You will get a. He says when he played, I got phone calls off agents saying that that weren't his agent saying, "Listen, I can get you a move here and get you a move there." And he'd be like, "Well, what the fuck are you doing ringing me? You're not my agent." Whereas the clubs involved that, that are trying to get rid of them or whatever like that are have like these agents get told I'll get you you'll get paid five hundred grand for every one of them you can ship out. So I was just interested to see what you think. Uh do you think it's a necessary evil in the game? Do you think they do some good work? Do you think it's all bad? What 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 do you think? I think they're doing it wrong. Who? Agents. <laughs> so right. Uh, you talk about a Haaland auction, you know what I mean? They'll get they'll get 150 million for him or something along them lines, right? If they were to auction them. But you ever see the way people like uh, put PlayStations up and everybody bids for them, but it's only like a tenner ahead. Mm. 
or you go to a shopping centre and there's a BMW sitting in the middle of the shopping centre and everyone pays £20 or whatever. You make more money that way than you do in an auction. And players these days like Haaland or Mbappe or Neymar, they don't really give a shit where they go. They just go where the money is. So <coughs> what they should do is every club, if I was the agent, I would say every club, whatever, 500,000 each, and you'd all have a chance to have Haaland. And, and raffle them. And raffle them off. Uh, you'll make about 500 million that way. And you'll have change for his wages and everything else. So agents are doing it wrong. Now, you can take that idea if you want. No problem. I think it, it would have to be you'd have to be at a certain level though to, to actually have the buy in. I mean, for example, if Everton came in, <laughs> Holland is just never gonna go there, no matter what. So, you know, it's got to be it's got to be Monaco standards, as in not the club, but you know, people that would arrive to Monaco with the real money and with something to offer. You know, it's not it's not the Paddy Power crowd. You know, you know, you're talking about Monte Carlo crowd. So yeah, that's not a bad idea actually. Would make it's more like a draft. Phil Phil is the expert on the draft. Maybe something more like the draft, Phil. I, I, I have a great idea. I'm gonna come back to it in a minute, but I wanted to let you all talk before I came into my opinion on, on, on agents. But we have the adrenaline blog here who is actually uh Mohammed Salah's agent in disguise using the currency of the uh, Abu Dhabi to 3699 Abu Dhabi which equates about 73 pence uh, in English no it doesn't it doesn't actually what is it it's 8 euro 61 8 euro 61 well it it is only about 7 it could be 73 pence in sterling or it could be 730 pounds in sterling who knows their country's fucked anyway the the adrenaline blog says all top players miss you have to blame the sloppy defence Salah is one of the greatest to play for Liverpool currently is the best in Europe so underrated by many LFC fans given what he deserves Uh, we would Only don't they don't have any trucks to bring all the money to him, and uh, so he'll have to wait till he goes on holidays to get some money because there's no money left. Um, that's um, a fair play, but we'll be talking about Salah in a little bit, so stick stick along with this. Um, where are we now? Oh, uh, yeah, so uh, my idea is that we need to adopt the Mart system, right? The Mart system that they have in Ireland where they get the players in in the summertime, right? Instead of all this underhanded stuff, it'd be great, it'd be a frenzy on television. It's a mart. So they bring the lads in in trucks and they back them up. And then Raiola, like the farmer in the mart, gets it to stick out and brings Haaland in. And he stands in the middle and you have all the lads who own the club standing around. And a fella's there going, hey, we've got 75 minutes, 75 minutes, 75 minutes. And they start bidding on him. You see the lads putting the hands up. The fans would have the crack. Imagine... Imagine the mortar that would be leading up to the football mart every year. The two, two. We don't need to have a long, prolonged bunt. We can have a week leading up to the mart where there's top, all the players that are being brought in to be sold by the agents. <laughs> and then we can have the mart. The mart can go on for four hours, maybe. It'll be all over Europe. You have all the big clubs that are there buying the players. Um, and you can have lads doing side deals and winks and nods. And, and then they, there could be a few lads standing out the back that they have as emergency mart players. They don't know if they're going to sell, but depending on the prices look those days. We might is that, is this in. not just like the NFL draft you're describing there? For- no, see, the draft, you have to pick someone, right, Shane? But with the mart, you're putting money. Like, it, it is an auction. So you, there's a, there's a, a real-life auction. The lads go. With there's no point. Just, there's not, there's, the you won't make as much money. I'm you're telling you now. Look They're at the raffle. price of beef at the moment. Look at the price of beef at the moment. I'm saying lash it all in, throw it in. We have the trucks. You know the big Liverpool bus? You can get a Rigi on the bus because all the Reds wanted him sold. So you can get the Rigi on the bus. We back the bus up. It opens the boot. They prod him with the electrical things. He comes in. He stands in there and then we sell him off to somebody buys him. And whatever's the price raised, that's what it goes. 
Um, we don't need to worry about Moneyball. Perfect. Brentford will have the biggest truck in the Premiership to bring the players in and out. They'll have one to take the players out on one side and one to bring the players in the other side. So that's what I say. Agents in the marts. And, and then we could set the agent fees at a state, at, at what it is. Right. Um, but I do think, I think agents get bad rep, Shane, to be totally honest with you. Right? Their job is to maximize the value of the player maximize the amount of money the player gets and in turn maximize the amount of money that they get i think one of the biggest issues that we have is that we have these super agents the rayolas the george mendez's um mendez owns wolves or runs wolves or whatever he is with wolves in terms of what's there um you have what are the other guys? Safe Rubio. You talked about it. Does he? Uh, Penny's a Harvey. Penny's a Harvey. It was one of the super agents that mm. was floating around. So, like, you look at it. They're seen as a as, as like they are seen as parasites. They are seen as leeches by fans. But it's but from a player's point of view, it's a, it's 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 their profession. They're there to make as much money in a relatively short career that can be ended by serious injury, uh, serious injury at any point. Their peak probably runs from. 24 to 31 at, at most right and you, they've got they generally have one contract in that window to maximize as much money as they possibly can get out of it so yeah I, like if i'm rayola i'm driving the price of Holland up i'm i'm talking to as many people <coughs> as i possibly can um and you know the, people talk about well we won't ever do business with rayola again and we won't do this we won't do of course we will football's mm. a business people see this with emotion people see this as fans and they see it with emotion Teams, this is a business. It's the business transactions. You might they mightn't like the guy, they mightn't like the way he operates, but if they if 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 a club wants to buy that player that's there, they will go after it. And I'm telling you, no agent would say I'm never gonna do business with that club again. They mightn't want to favour it. If they have an option mm. of the same price or they are in around the same price, they might go with a different club. But there's no way they won't do it. It's a business. And like the one You've you've also uh, listen. There's numerous occasions of clubs treating players like shit and and treating them really, really poorly and like pieces of meat and throwing them to their youth team to train and reserves. And I'm not talking about troublemakers either. I'm talking about people that they want to get off a wage bill or they want to do this and that. So I think that's where agents come into their own as looking after their player and, and, and whatnot. And probably if clubs weren't as bad as or weren't as as, as what's the word like weren't as bad as treating their uh, uh, players so poorly agents that you wouldn't need as many of them or what you know in a kind of way so I think mm. listen I think that's I think it goes both ways like clubs use them and players use them that's just I just think it's a price of their own business so just like I said earlier like we we want to be competing with United and City and Chelsea like for the most part obviously uh, there's some targets that are out reach um, but if we want to be competing with them, but people don't want us to pay agent fees, well, listen, that's just not going to happen. We're not going to be able to sign X player or Y player unless we are paying these agent fees. So look, it's it's pick your poison, isn't it? Don't get the player or pay the agent fee. One or the other. It, it, and that's exactly what it is. And ultimately, there's a reason why these super agents keep getting the best players because they get the best player, get those mm. players the best deals. Mm. Like this isn't, it, it's not rocket science. You know what I mean? There's a reason why there's a George Mendes exists. There's a reason why Rayola exists. They spot the talent. They put money into that talent as well in terms of, you know, there, there's a whole mm. back end operation that goes with mm. these players that some of it's managed by the club. The other part is all the extra, the entourage that they bring in, right? So, you know, it's there. I think Mr. Sinclair says next season agent fees are, are capped. <laughs> Means nothing. No. 
And sure, just on just on that point, in the article I was reading, it said Royola will take a salary for like for this thirty four million. As in, so if, if say the agent fees are capped, he has said, "Roy, you put me on the payroll, then I pay me my thirty four million throughout like a monthly yeah. instalment, boy annually instalment, whatever it is." So there's like there's ways, there's always ways around it. Absolutely, they're only getting capped because <coughs> the leagues want more money. You know yeah. what I mean? It's just uh, they don't uh, like the idea that there's money there, but it's not coming into the league or it's not coming into your wife. Like there's, there's billions out that. there. We know there's billions of money. There's billions yeah. involved in football at this stage, right? Everybody wants a bit of the pie. Yeah. Everybody wants it. The best yeah. players want it. The agents want it. Nobody wants to hand over their piece of the pie. Nobody yeah. wants to let the money filter right the way through to, to, to the grassroots levels. They yeah. all want it, and they all want to stack in the top end. And now, like we're talking about all the issues that that you know that were there, and that UEFA was saving football. We knew it was all a, a, a con. The Premier League wanted wanted UEFA, and we're back into things against those teams. Yet the Premier League now are talking about that they're going to have to take games abroad to broaden the, the appeal of the fan base around the world. Yet they're the very ones who te- who have been putting out stats that it's the most watched league in the world as it is. Like, you know, it doesn't make sense. It's about it's about maximising. The amount of money that they can generate. Mm. This is this is just that model, and it's they didn't have control. The issue was they didn't have control over it. The issue I was think, I think I think it was announced tonight as well that the, the the last three remaining clubs I didn't get them. disciplinary action taken against them was Red Barca and Juve. I think. Oh, listen, I just had a quick read of it there. It was yeah. that Italian fella Tank Grady had something up about it. That there, but I just I think that I'm right in saying it that they're not getting disciplined. Maybe a small or something like that. So, so, th- so there you go. The brands are too big. UEFA aren't going to shoot themselves in the foot. Let's not be stupid about this. Whatever mm. generates, and the other part is that the PSG who control UEFA through Khalifa, right? The, the, mm. the Khalifa controls UEFA now at this stage. He controls FFP. He's sitting on the on the disciplinary board. He sits on the advisory board. The whole lot. <coughs> so basically, PSG is running European football through UEFA at this stage. He's not going to want to discipline those clubs. And why doesn't he want to discipline those? Because he wants them there to maximise the attractiveness of what they're selling to, in TV rights. I think the Champions League, the this revised. Cock shot of a of a competition is about to start in two years' time. And like he's gonna want those teams in there because otherwise it won't be happening. You know, so it's it's just it's, it's money. And um, I know it, I know it's people don't like the idea of agents because agents are an easy target for the press, for the leagues, for the clubs mm. to put out there. And that's basically what it is. It's an easy. They're not. They're not, they're not even. They're not even getting fined. They're just withdrawing yeah. any sanction UEFA from the three remaining Super League clubs. So yeah, we got fined. We um, took it. Yeah, we did take a point, didn't we? Yeah. Yeah. Mm. yeah all this age, all this age. Oh yeah, because people were giving out saying yeah, John uh, that, Henry should, that should come yeah. out of the cup. Yeah, mm. the the club. All this age and stuff, the demonising of agents. It's exact same as as everybody like else trying to paint themselves as a good guy when it came to the Super League. You know, UEFA pretending that they're good guys. Sky, everyone. Everybody just wants everybody just wants their money, you know what I mean? And they'll do anything to try and get more money. Agents, it just ne- it never really, it never really bothers me. Agents only bother me when they start melting off about their clients at Liverpool, or or maybe they're trying to pull them away from Liverpool. Like we had it with Coutinho, we had it with Sterling, and we've had it like several times over the years. Like you hear, I don't know whether it's even true, but uh, Naby's agent making comments. 
Like, I mean, they're above their station there when they start <laughs> that carry on. And that's the only time they bother me. But look, these fellas are earning a, a living, making millions off the back of players who are making millions from football that's making millions. And it's all of us that's making that go around. You know what I mean? Like, it's not till we actually take action as fans instead of just talking shy on Twitter and giving out and having fake protests. I mean, you have to just end up stopping playing your sky, stop buying the merchandise, stop this, stop, stop everything. And then the money goes over. But look, we carry on and we keep paying all the money that we do. And uh, the agents all make their money. So, the, so I'll just pretend. Yeah, I hear United are having protests again. Because they lost yeah. the match or something. Yeah. So, are they going to protest every yeah. time we lose a game? Break glass, take out green and white, or green and gold scarf, and go again. You know. I put it over the Ronaldo jersey. Yeah, just in time for the Liverpool match. Just in time for the match. It's all just pretend. Actually, I think a chance in case of any United fans watching for some bizarre reason, I want to thank you for making complete arseholes yourselves and invading the pitch last year because we were shit at that stage. And had you not invaded the pitch, that day and let the game go ahead there's a good chance you probably would have won right we wouldn't be in the Champions League and we wouldn't be in the Champions League so only for your actions of complete and utter stupidity right and dickheadery um, we wouldn't have made the Champions League so yeah. big thanks to you lads right so fair play it, it, keep it going. In, fair, in fairness though lads you know just to you know it's, it's, it's fashionable and it's nice to you know everyone wants to slag off agents but there are some really good agents at the bottom end of the game for example when a lad a couple of lads that would slip into non-league, for example, where there's absolutely no money in Ireland. I've heard a couple of, well, they're not stories, but people that I know who have been lifted out of, say, playing for, without being disrespectful, in the Leinster scene, literally in the Leinster senior, a couple of them got moves to, you know, either League Two or um, Welsh Premier and are making almost a grand a week and playing in Europe. So there's a lot to be said for people. These lads, agents will put a video compilation together We'll put a CV together because some lads don't even know how to put their own CV together. We'll call the club, knowing where, and they know where they know who has budgets and who doesn't. And some of these lads, you know, their family, they they need to be working in a factory if they're lucky, or you know, they wouldn't be working at all. And I know a few of them. And in fairness, you know, that's where agents can be fantastic because players, clubs don't want to deal with players. They just don't want it, and the players, for for the most part, don't want to deal with clubs because negotiation is the best way to burn bridges with an organization, with a business. You can seldom do business twice with any organization. So agents are the buffer zone against the spoiling relationships. It's important to highlight that as well, you know, to be fair. Uh, I, know, I actually know a couple of agents as well, so they're, they're pretty nice guys. So uh, I'm mm. just, just on the other side of the fence, really. I just, I just, I, I, I see through, I've seen through an awful lot of, of the shit that's been going on, and from especially from doing this, um, over the last few years, when you actually stand back from all this and remove your emotion from an awful lot of the argument and look at it, look into what's there, it does give you a better, a different, a change perspective. Um, take some of the really good writing that's on the game, and it is well worth and, and have a look at it. Uh, right, I want to move along as as some as as we were mentioned, green and gold. Uh, I want to get to my topic: jinxed jerseys. Right, I had a look at that yellow thing at the weekend, um, <laughs> and you know, you know. Uh, <laughs> You know, I, I'm, I, I, I've, I've been I'd like to talk about um, the whole thing uh, about jerseys and the type of stuff that I comes out. Well, I, just, I, I wasn't offended by this yellow kit. I was looking at it going, possibly could have done a bit better. Um, looks a bit mad. I do like a mad kit, right? Probably would have liked to have made that fluorescent yellow, 
But then you look at the result, and there's a thing in my head, there's always jerseys that you think of when that just never seem to work for us, right? You know, you know those jerseys, you know, I, I think it all, an awful lot of the Hodgson era jerseys come to mind, right? Mm-hmm. But you know those Adidas jerseys just around that time when I can see Paulson playing in it, that white one that should have been a fantastic jersey for us. They did <laughs> Adidas did everything right. It was a gorgeous white jersey with the red pinstripe show. They nearly got the designs bang on, right? But every time I look at it, all I keep thinking of is Paulson, Kinchesky, all those lads <laughs> in it, right? Uh, Dave Lennon makes a great one there. Yeah, the, the, that the was green, a great kit. I love that kit. The green, I, I think of the green white square kit, and straight away I think of the FA Cup. Varley. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I know, I know. Um, but going to the yellow jerseys are very special because the problem with the yellow jersey for it's it, there's a recency bias here. So it was only when I when I did a bit of research into this, right? I was thinking, jerseys, yellow jerseys are are, are, are we're, we're banjaxed. Why are we going with a yellow kit? We're always jinxing it. And then I look back, we wore yellow kits more or less from 1979 right the way up to 1986 before the grey kit appears the yellow kit was our alternate or our away kit right so you can't complain with those ones and it's the exact same yellow as the lads are wearing this year with nike right so there's the hitachi one there's crown paints there's there's candy there's, there's all these yellow kits fantastic we wear a lovely yellow one in the mid 90s do you remember i always think of jamie redknapp or robbie fowler it was the adidas one that had the sort of one button it was like a mustardy yellow color right and now the black going through it a lot of black and had the crests mm. running through. Right? Mm. That was a, that was a lovely kit as well. I'll give give you that one. We had a yellow one with um, Reebok that was in the two thousand and two thousand one. Yeah, season. Jason McIntyre. Very, very very bright. The Michael. Mm. No, I'm thinking. Yeah, there was the very bright one. But I'm also thinking the Michael Owen final lads. It's one that jumps out. Uh, well, it's kind of gold though. It's not yellow. It was, it was, yellow. It's it was that yeah. mustardy sort of yeah, yellow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and then we have another yellow kit. Um, in Rafa's time, okay, that wasn't used at all. I think it was a poor kit. But then, what kills the yellow kit? And I've, I saw it today, and I've just realised it's it's the one, it's the recency boys here. Paul Lambert, Balotelli, and Benny Akwilarkanovic, the, the the all up front playing against Aston Villa or somebody in that fourteen fifteen season. And this is what killed me. And that's straight away. That was that's the recency boys. Of, of what was going on. 14 15, new balance. It was like a jersey that had a moustache across the top of it. Do you remember the, they had this yeah, this red sort of band that was like a moustache? They, they were trying yeah. to say that. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But influence was that yellow Scousers jersey that the that Reebok brought out under in the Rafa time. And, um, and yeah, just Ricky Lambert. I just keep seeing yellow jersey, Ricky Lambert, and then we go out no, and draw So, am I wrong here? Can you think of any better jinx jerseys we have? Oh. And I'm, I'm just wrong, or is, it, is or is there is there jinx jerseys? I just want to point out my. There's a lucky jersey, that orange jersey. I don't think we. Yeah, I love that. We jersey. failed to win by at least two goals in that oh, match. Yeah. And that was actually you mentioned fluorescent, Phil. That was nearly fluorescent uh, orange. <gasps> that jersey it was a great. I'm with you, Shane. I think I think that orange jersey set the tone for what we should wear all the time. I think when they, when they went orange, we should we should actually make orange our away, that fluorescent Dutch orange, like what, what Pete's mm. wearing there all the time. That should be mm. our go-to towards strip. Andy, yeah. you're a kit man. You've got all the kits up in your jacks there. And like, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't, but um, that orange kit was amazing. And there was a purple kit as well, recently enough. Mm. Yeah. 
yeah. but you're right a result can often uh, ruin a jersey I, I remember like uh, just in the first 20 minutes that game was the first time they were and uh, and Brentford were having a little bit of joy and I was thinking to myself players don't look comfortable this kid this is this kid is playing at their mind and uh, it was look through be known it's it, it was it seemed to be bothering me more than that and uh, when the camera zoomed in and it's all these squares yeah. just it looks like a uniform or something like uh from that burger place <laughs> and uh yeah no it's uh it's not the best i don't know like obviously big companies like nike and new balance and adidas like they bring out absolute stinkers but what are they doing it on purpose i mean they must know what they're at like i mean they could easily have just had that yellow jersey with a red v-neck or something and you have a quality kit that in my mind they're going to sell lows more yeah but they just seem to do this is it just because it attracts so much negative publicity and any publicity is good publicity i don't know it's so so strange like you know, Nike had that, that a black and white when they a kind of a, or was it maybe it was New Balance, that a kind of a, um, a black and grey squared one. And then going back a few years to Warrior, they had this kind of purple, that thing that looked like. Um, yeah, they took loads of bits. And yeah, just, and it's all. Like, just someone like, just flung a paintbrush at the bleeding yeah. canvas or something. Yeah. Yeah, no. Yeah. Uh, it, it's mad. It's like they just have to bring out a stinker. To I think the, I think the problem is Andy is is like I can't obviously I can't don't know for definite when we were younger. The first kit I bought was like ninety two. Do you remember like the green with the three white three no, white gang. stripes? Yeah, but me but my point is right. We probably kept that for two years. Yeah. Like, the, the problem is now is that every year they to come up with three designs for three kits. And fair mm-hmm. enough that the home is is red, but then it seems to be they can do whatever they want except blue. Obviously, he would have been everything yeah. uh, for for an away case. So sure, we did a blue one. And uh, it yeah, but, loads. But, yeah, but they're like um, Chris Back. Chris Brack has nailed the one. Oh. That one that they stuck all the bits together for New Balance had mm. odd socks. Mm. Do you remember there was it was a stripe on one sock and there was no stripe yeah. on the other sock? But they're just they're, just they're just running out of designs. They have to come up with another train now for next year. But like, look, <laughs> there is Barry um, Devaney there. Um, all the concert kids and Twitter low class. Can we not get them guys to make them? Yeah, they do. But these big, massive corporations, they, they know what they're doing. They're up to something. Like, did they mm. bring out a shit kit to sell more home kits? Is that what it is? Like, did they, did they know that when they bring out this tour kit that it's, it's absolutely poison that people are just going to go and buy more home kits or something? Because that's where they, that's where the, like, you know, that's where the damage is done by home kits. I think the whole, the concept kits, that some some of the fans do launch. I'd be hoping that some of them are real. You know, I mean, it's I don't understand why big labels don't actually, you know, bring in a couple of fans and say, listen, what do you think would look good on the boys? Because some of them look great, you know? I, 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 well, going back to your point, Andy, right? So basically, the, the people are saying, oh, the, the concept kits are fairly low class. They don't. Most of them don't. Most of them are just these dickheads wanting to put them back in Adidas kits, right? Forgetting that most of the Adidas kits... <laughs> Since after the eighties have been absolutely shite, right? So well, on principle, we shouldn't wear Adidas after they dumped us like that. You're not big enough, lads. Fuck I, don't, I don't really care. Secondly, right? Also, <clears> they're <throat> all templates, right? So all the kits are templates. All they do is they dye them different colors and stick different sponsors. On really, them. I didn't know that. Didn't know. So that. we were t- we were told that we weren't going to be templates and they were going to be unique, right? The only team that actually gets unique kits in modern day football 
is Bayern Munich because they're part owned by Adidas. Adidas own 12.5% of Bayern Munich and they create bespoke kits for them on a, on a year-to-year basis. Everyone, awesome. else gets, everyone else gets the template stuff. And Green gen kits. You want, mm-hmm. and that's what it is. And you look at uh, Nike, they're on templates. Now, I think this year's kits are decent. I'm just putting it out there. I actually think, I, I like the yellow. I just wish the, fl- the fluorescent dial was turned up a bit more on the on the yellow. Right? If you're going to go with that yellow, a bit like the orange, the turn the yellow up so that you don't even need, going back to, to, to Shane's point, you don't need the floodlights to be on to see the players. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like the, if you think about the orange kit, right? if you're playing on a pitch, and you get a glimpse of a fella moving on your own. You know if it's one of your own because he's going to be wearing this joint orange thing, right? And you can just you, you can see him go or whatever, right? Same with a f- big massive fluorescent yellow kit, bang, pinging around the place. You don't even need to wear bibs in a five side. You can just wear the fluorescent kits, be flying around, right? So I think get the yellow kits. Maybe ask Nike to turn up the dial on the fluorescent side of it. Um, what's the other kit that we have? We have the oh, the white one. We've, we've worn yeah, the white, white one's one. quality. I always like our whites. Yeah, no, the white one is brilliant. The the white one is really nice. I, 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 it has I can't to be remember a, what it looks like. The white, the new white kit with kind of yeah. black V-neck collar, the yeah, I, I, green I, I, on it. Now, now you say it, Andy. I do remember, but it's blackish. It's, it's it's completely forgettable. It's absolutely the cricket. The cricket top is horrible. But the 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 yellow one. Well, we we'll remember the yellow one. We always remember the home jerseys. You always remember the home jersey if you win something. We'll never forget the home jersey we won mm-hmm. the league in, and you'll never forget the home jersey that we won the Champions League in. Right? So you're never going to yeah, forget those yeah. two jerseys. But you won't we remember. Might, yeah, I actually like the cream one. That's what's that? Is that a tour kit? The cream? The cricket one? No, that's, that's the no, away one. That's, that's, that's the away one. one. That, that's cream. That's not white. That's quality. I think. Yeah, cream. It's quality. quality. It's just the, the, it's like that one. Yeah, it's like that one. Yeah, it's quality. You'll never. You'll just never remember. Just never remember. Yeah. Just, that's, mm. just, just vanish. Um, and PSG, sorry, PSG get those get seem to get the concepts a year ahead of the rest of them from Nike, and um, and then they push them out. But they're doing the Air Jordan thing. Air Jordan thing on them, yeah. And PSG is one joint big uh, propaganda wave at this moment in time. Mm. Uh, and talking about PSG and all their multi millions, Andy, how much are we going to be upset when Mo Salah mm. joins PSG next uh, <laughs> summer transfer window? Because Mo Salah is arguably the greatest Liverpool footballer to ever grace the pitch. Um, for the club, bar none. Mm, you want to talk about yeah. hundred goals? Hundred goals in eleven games. Yeah, look, it's it's not like we haven't covered Salah about ten times on the forum already, but it's only right we mark his latest achievement, fastest ever Liverpool player to reach a hundred um, top flight goals. Unbelievable. One ahead of Roger Hunt and seventeen quicker than Ian Rush. I mean, that's the one that blows my mind. Is Ian? How how do you score? 100 goals quicker than Ian Rush mm. like he played for Liverpool through all the best times and he's a striker and he was a poacher and Mo Salah scored 100 top flight goals in 17 quicker games it's an outstanding return when you consider all the greats that have went before him you know um, if you haven't got him in your mind for the greatest ever to pull on our shorts you should you know we're lucky to be so gifted with players that you might consider ahead of them, but it's a really strange phenomenon when you when you hear them not being spoken about in at the very very top. Like only last week, someone uh, said he might just have replaced Neymar as top three in the world. Like, Neymar does nothing. That, that's the delu- like delusion to mm. me. Like look at the level that Salah's playing at. Exactly. You know, it's the toughest league in the world. You know, and look at my support in life. Only Gerard Torres Fowler. 
and Suarez, uh, like have really blown me away, you know, with the Salah. But look, just he's just unbelievable. He's just a perfect pro, you know. And statistically, if you look at his return, o- only know, Mo Salah, Andy. What? Only Mo Salah. Yeah, isn't that every every tweet that goes out? Only Mo Salah has more goals than X. Only Mo Salah has more. Yeah, blah, blah, blah. Uh, everything. Only Mo everything. Salah. Touches, pat, like he, he ha, he's an all rounder as well. That the, his ability to pick out a player as well, and unbelievable. Uh, but anyway, statistically, if you look at his return um, and contribution in terms of goals, assists, winners, golden boots, and of course the the title and the and the Champions League, it really kind of puts him in that bracket of our greatest ever. You know, and like I, that when I said that on Twitter one time, you know, I was getting lashed. But like, why? Why can't he be considered? You know what I mean? Yeah. He really, really deserves the recognition. Like, uh, and I'm talking Ballon d'Or levels recognition. Absolutely. I really hope we can do another um, league or Champions League uh, for him to get that recognition. Mm-hmm. It's, like he's, it's, it's, exactly. exactly. It's a, he's a true great um, of the game, you know, of, of the Premier League, of, of world football, not just Liverpool. Yeah. And it's, it's, uh, telling, it's, it's, it's telling. It's bizarre. It's telling Andy, though. You know, it's, you know, you and I knock about on Twitter and you see a lot of the top Everton accounts, you know, good lads like Blue Nose Bob. Blue Nose Bob is forever getting into it with stupid young Liverpool fans defending Mo Salah. I mean, these lads are good lads, but he's always, always, it's like, you know, fellas of a certain generation. I think Bob is in his 50s or 60s, you know, but he's forever. How can you not love Mohamed Salah? He calls him Salad. If Liverpool didn't have Salad, he carries them and... Just the respect that he from you know from decent lads, the respect that he gets. But you know, there's a couple of comments flying in there. I won't get into it because I'm always on my soapbox. I'm not gonna bother. But everybody knows why. Everybody knows why. You know, to be honest with you, Mo Salah, Phil is right. Momentum wise, if we'd assigned him a couple of years when he was a couple of years younger, you know, rushes on three, four, six. Nobody will ever catch that the way the modern game is gone. But. You know, if he can keep himself in the shape that he's in, there's no reason why his momentum can't. I mean, the guy is in, as well as being a top player, he's in top shape. And, you know, he's just a phenomenal. He's never injured. I think he's missed, he's, he's not been available for four games, games throughout his entire Liverpool career. It's phenomenal. It's I mean, lead, there's, any doubt, there's any doubt about tra- tra- not throwing the money at Mohamed Salah. Just give him what he wants. Give him what he deserves. He's going to give most of it to charity. Anyway, to be quite honest with you, because he's also a fantastic human being. Just pay the man what he wants. Yeah. Can, can he's I, a, he's, a, can he's I, an amazing human being and he's an, an absolute role model to, to, to all people. You know, uh, Liverpool fans are not kids growing up. You know, you look at you look at players like Ronaldo and look, fair play to Ronaldo, <laughs> the shape he's in, the age he is. But Mo Salah's equally like that. You know what I mean? The clean eating, the training, the everything about his game and he's so selfless as well. Like if people talk about being selfish, like if you're that good, you have to take on the goal, but he's, but he's so um, dignified. So it shows so much humility. He's amazing. And he's spoken an awful lot actually, which, which, which will have like bigger consequences. I've heard, heard him speaking a lot about women's rights in the Muslim world and all because he's, he's got yeah. daughters. Well, he's definitely got one daughter. I don't know if he's got a second one. Yeah. Um, but speaking about um, women's rights in Muslim countries and stuff like that, which can only mm. be like that, that, that could have a you that could have like him speaking in, the, in them towns could have 
uh, huge bring huge change for that kind of so he's not going to Paris he's not going to PSG he's not never going to sign for Manchester City you know give him the money there's no if you if you you follow me if you follow me here sorry sorry football's a business business. money talks at the end of the days and if they came in and offered 250 million there's probably a a 99.99% chance that it'll go because at 250 million they probably say that's that's the money. That's what we want. Now, will I sell him? Not hope. And and look, I'm on record. And people can go back to when we did the podcast when we signed him. I was fucking jumping from the rafters, celebrating it like we'd signed the best player in the world because I'd watched them in Syria. It's probably the last one of the last couple of seasons where I watched a bit of football around Europe. I've, I've, I just don't have the time to do it anymore. Um, and I'd watched him have changed from the player he was at Chelsea to this machine that was in Italy. <clears throat> And he should have, I think he scored 14 goals that season and he should have scored 34 goals that season, right? And I was going, if Klopp can get him to increase his output by 10%, we're going to have a guy who scores 16 goals, 15, 16 goals off the wing. I said, this is this is the type of stuff that made gigs, well, that would have been the best seasons that gigs ever had. We didn't yeah. sign that. We signed a fellow who's, who didn't just get 10% better. Got 100% better. He doubled mm. his output, right? He scored. If he's, if I keep going, th- that fourth season, if he doesn't score the 40 plus goals in his fourth season, people are talking about him, and he scores that in his third season, let's say, or the season we win the league. People are talking about, are talking about that for, for the rest of his days. The problem is he scores in his fourth season, and every season since then, not even if he, if he doesn't do it at all, Phil. If he scores 25 goals in every season, like he's been doing, and, well, he Shane, doesn't have to do that for Shane, his, his, his record, his league record is ridiculous. He's 32 in his fourth season, 22, 19, 22, and he's only got five this season, right? So he needs to sort himself out there. I know we're six games in, but he's only got five goals this season. He, at the moment, he's on he's on course to have another 20 goals yeah. season. Yeah. This do, you know what's great? do you know what the best thing about him, though, is, Phil? He's obviously had his ups and downs, even at Liverpool. And he's he's obviously been through them. Because when you see his agent, and he's made a lot of comments, yet, yeah, unlike Harry Kane, Mohamed Salah just goes out and does what Mohamed Salah does. Harry Kane is obviously having his moment right now and he can't buy a goal in eight games, seven or eight games. He actually can't buy a goal. That's the difference between a Lee professional, you know, and just top, top players. I think that debate's over, to be honest. I just, right, and I'm just going because I've been a massive supporter of Salah from, from day one. Huge fan in terms of what he brought to us and what we did. And people laughed at me on this part. Me and Shani have this banter back and forth. But Shane, you've, you've witnessed it. I was in the old bunker before I went, I said, this fella is better than Messi. And I've been saying it for, for donkeys, right? I think in, for, for what he's done for us, I know people talk about Messi being the greatest player of all time. And, and there's, there's a good conversation to have around that. And he is, is like, Salah hasn't hit that level that Messi was a few years ago. But over the last three or four seasons, for the impact he's had for his team, it's as big as what Messi has. And you look at the drop off Barcelona has. Mm. We're going to experience the same drop off. If well, Salah was out for six months, yeah. we'd have the same drop off as what as what Barcelona has. Yeah. So I just want to say one thing, right? And, and, and then let's and then there's one thing I want to finish off. When it comes to Salah, the guy is. John made a, a, a statement there, which is his biggest. It's just uh, I think. People look at it the wrong way. They say, well, he could have scored more. He missed an easy chance. He could have done that, right? Only he gets in those positions. Mm. Only he gets there for those chances. right? Nobody else does it. Take him out. Nobody else is there in those places to miss those chances. And the, the chap is a freak. Mm. He's, he's a wing forward that scored more goals than nearly all other forwards. 
Ronaldo at his peak scoring thing is a central forward. He's not a wing-sided forward. Mm. He wasn't scoring at this level. And I think people need to re- readjust what they look at. It's not about the chances he missed. He's there. Mm. Okay? He's there. Mm. Not many others are. Sorry, Shane, go on. No, I'll just, I'll just finish on one thing. You mentioned football as a business and PSG. If Neymar's going to go, he's pro- he's probably going to be top of PSG's list. But maybe one thing that might go on a favour, if, if you were asking my opinion on that, I think he wants to stay at Liverpool, but I think he wants to be financially rewarded as being the best player in the league. Whether we do that or not, and the repercussions <laughs> that could have on the, the way it touches the club, I don't know. But the one thing I think that may go for us is what's happened to Coutinho and what's currently happening to Wijnaldum at PSG, that they're mm. getting absolute dogs abuse. It hasn't gone well for them. I think the grass is greener. I've no issue with Machini leaving. Like the players make the decisions, football players move on. But like Genie might turn it around, but Barca's has been a fucking disaster for Coutinho. PSG. He's getting dogs abuse at the minute from the fans, Genie. And, like, let's make no bounds about it. There'll be a statue getting built for Salah regardless. But if he stays, like, if he, like, they might build two of them. Club can tell him we build your fucking one at each end of the ground if you stay because I, I'd I, name I, a stand out. I'd, I'd yeah. change the name of the cop to the Salah <laughs> yeah. end. Right. So I just think that might work in our favour, maybe how bad things have gone for our big players that uh, want to lift. That's all I'll finish yeah. up with that. Yeah. The King Mo stand. I think that's a great, great, great pub as well in Liverpool. The King Mo, Andy. Just I was just want, and I, I think anyone who hasn't seen it, this is where sometimes Twitter is good, sometimes social media is good. But Andrew Beasley, uh, base tune to red, at base tune to red, has a fantastic thread today. Right, um, we just I just want to go through because it's work on through in case you, you aren't gonna you're gonna be a shower of lazy bollocks and not gonna look it up. Right, so it's hundred goals, it's hundred Premier League goals, fifty eight goals at home, forty two away, For only fourteen penalties out of those hundred goals. 10 from counter-attacks. You'd think there would have been a lot more. Mm. Um, four off-corners, three from other set-pieces. There were other, 60, other 69 goals he scored uh, were just from random bits of stuff that was going on. There's, there's a really great stack up around that as well. 16 in the six-yard box, 78 in the rest of the penalty area, and only six from outside the box. Now, I don't know, but for me, the the the, the, the stereotypical Mo Salah goal is being just outside the edge of the left-hand side of the 18-yard box corner into the far top corner. The one against Roma. The one against Chelsea. The one against against Alisson, the one he scored a couple of times. He's got 82 at the left foot, 12 at the right foot, and six headers. The headers are pretty impressive. So we've done the numbers and scored against 26 different Premier League teams. Now, this, this is the maddest thing, right? 36 of his goals has no official assist. Right? Mm. And I was trying Very to figure out that yeah, so has he has he won the ball back of defenders yeah. or mm. yeah. yeah that's he's a nuisance he's a nuisance, nuisance. think about that for, of, of all the stats you can go through all the stuff right and you can look at when he scores goals and everything that but go to that one that one alone 36 of his goals has no assist yeah. so he battled his bollocks off to win the ball and then score a goal that's mad it's yeah. pure mad he's, he's only he's missing like, money gone that's mad. And look at look at all the things he does um defensively, his pressing, you know, uh his his chances that he creates himself, his leadership. I mean, it's unbelievable. Actually, on the leadership thing, is there now six players that Klopp yeah, considers new couple new couple in today, I think. Um, yeah, there's something today about new ones coming in, yeah. Yeah, but Salah's not one of them, is he? I'm not sure. 
He has been now for a while, has he not? Virgil Salah was one of them. I'm surprised. Chris, Chris, Chris Brackle now in the comments, anyway. Definitely. Yeah, Brackle will say it any minute. I'd be surprised if he's not, Andy, to be honest. I mean, but I mean listen, yeah, talking of his goals, listen, I love them all, and he's got some important goals and some screamers with his left foot. But that goal mm. in um, Salzburg with his right foot when he's out yeah, near the sideline on his bad foot in the Champions League in the group game on his bad foot, I, I think that's probably, I think that's his best goal. I think it's a, a t- t- technique, looking right foot, flicking it by the keeper, and then at that angle on his right foot to squeeze it in, absolutely fucking frightening. Unbelievable. So he's not in it. Lord the Chelsea goal, the Chelsea goal for me was was uh, was so good. Yeah. You know, mm. obviously it was a great goal, but the the shot you had to put up with from the Chelsea fans and all the commentary during the week, and uh, to see how much it meant to him, and I was at the game, uh, unbelievable. You mentioned humility earlier on, Andy, and you're, yeah. for me, you're absolute. That's his his best trait. How easy would it be for anybody else? to rub it in so many faces, to, to go to the press and say, I told you I was going to do this, but just silence and a prayer. The man is just a credit to his faith, yeah. his race, his people, his family, this club. Well, you know, I can understand why his agent goes off the deep end from time to time, to be quite honest with you, because it's funny, in this life, you don't if you don't take something, it, it very often won't be given, given to you. you know, there's Harry Kane or whoever else jumping up and down looking for it. This is a guy, Salah, in my opinion, who's even struggles for, for, for widespread recognition, which is the most bizarre thing ever, you know? Bizarre, just bizarre, you know? Mm. The, the only criticism you can say is perhaps he, he does humility to the absolute nth degree where it's almost like, yeah, yeah, we know what you do and you're so quiet about it. You know, sometimes you need to be in people's faces letting them know, but it's mm. never going to be, you know? It's never going to be. A, a, a truly great player has truly great moments. Champions League final, right? He has the, he has the, everything that happened in the Champions League final the year beforehand with Sergio Ramos. He comes back the next year. What's he do? He scores the opener inside two minutes. All right? That's it. And then the goal that wins us the league, and I love the fact that the goal that that wins us the league is the one that people will always remember by. And it wasn't even the goal that won us the league. The 92nd minute winner against well, it wasn't even a winner. The 92nd minute goal against United in mm. January in that game. That game, that league is over that day. I know, mm. I know points wise it wasn't, but from mentality and everything through the rest of the league, that league was over that day. Right? Mm. That nobody, that was, the, that was the game that maybe they might drop points and maybe that allow City to get back in the race. Right? That goal is the end of it. And who scores it? It's him again. And that yeah. goal was, was, was typical of the goal that opens his account. The winner he scored. Do you remember the goal against Arsenal in Anfield? Yeah. In his mm. very first match mm. in Anfield. And it was that almost another trademark goal where he pinged over the top. Every now and then he gets free and he runs in and scores an absolute humdinger. For me, look, he's just, he's a joy. Mm. We should celebrate. There's um, Chris Brack there. I, I forgot to even say, like, you know, he's, he's after entering into the top 10 goal scorers Liverpool of all time. Yeah, like this this club was going 130 years or something like that. <coughs> and Mo Salah, he was he was a, like let's let's actually make light of the fact that he's he's not even a striker. <laughs> like he is a winger, and I seen this debate going on um on, on Twitter there yesterday. They were talking about oh well he's an inverted winger, he's a this that. 
puff whatever fucking label you want on it. Before we were even born, teams are playing inside lefts and outside rights and fucking and and uh, wingers were coming inside onto their good foot. This isn't brand new. Wingers were attackers years ago as well. And Mo Salah is is able to do the job defensively. Right? A, a, a hard working team and pick up for Trent or a midfielder and then manage to get into positions to create goals and score goals. He's a winger. He's doing absolutely everything on that pitch and he's in the top 10 uh, goal scorers of all time for Liverpool. The most decorated club in England. And he's top listen, 10. F- listen, 4-3-3 is probably one of the goal two formations you can imagine in European football probably the last three or four years so there's been an awful <laughs> lot of players that have played in the wide roles either side of the forwards and there's no one I don't think I, nobody comes to mind that's coming anywhere near them for goals boys, you know what I mean as regards say Neymar playing on the left or Mbappe playing on the right or you know, Dybal on the right or Juve or whatever right of the front three I don't think there's anyone getting near the fucking number salads posting so no you can call, say what you fucking like. You can call, like, I don't care if you call him an inverted winger or whatever like that. He plays in the plays in Call the him room. what you want, yeah. Just call him what you want. But, but call, call, him him call him Mr. Raider. Call him Mr. Ron. Ron. <laughs> <laughs> He's a legend. And long may he, I hope he signs a new contract. I will yeah, say, big going, time, yeah. going back to the point that was made later on, his physique and the style of play will allow him to play well into his 30s. Right? While he is incredibly fast and lightning quick, it's not just about his pace, it's about the speed of thought and his ability to, to win back the ball. And that's why I bring up the 36 unassisted goals. That that wasn't like a true ball that he's getting onto the end and he's chipping over. He's making that stuff happen. And his close touch and his close control in the in the in the penalty box is second to none. I haven't seen anything better in a, in a long time. Like that's how he gets so many of those goals. The only question um, will be desire. How long will he have the desire, Phil? You know? That's the last thing to go. He loves football. He loves football yeah. and he's got the hairy, hairier chest than uh, Ryan Giggs now at this stage and that means he's going to play until he's well into his 40s. Uh, that's what that is uh, God. And that's, that's, that is uh, the four topics for tonight. But before I go, Andy, I just want to ask you about that newspaper report today about pennies um, and for, <laughs> for English people watching the game, don't worry about it, they won't do no stock. Um, but it's Primark in England and around the rest of Europe. But uh, they've announced that they're going to become uh, posh and they're bringing out a posh range of clothing. Uh, for Europe and, and Ireland what's you taking it because you, you, you have an issue with notions what, what, what's <laughs> I don't have an issue with notions <laughs> I know but, but, yeah I know it's, it's a great uh, it's a great move by Pennies you know yeah. Irish company well are they Irish they, they seem to be Irish they started Pennies was Pennies was started yeah. in Mary Street with Bill Cullen yeah. and yeah. the apples it's, uh, it's mad because they, they have whatever they're doing they have it nailed like you don't shop online on pennies it's like 80s shops they still manage to have people queuing day and night what is that noise Phil turn off your mic is it me no it's double it's double have you got your mobile beside your mic or something no phone is here yeah. and he has missed their notions yeah <laughs> No, fair play to them, Phil. I, I don't know why you thought. I, I don't have any pennies clothes, but fair play to them. That's great. For, if you've got kids, and we've got yeah. a few, it's great to go down and buy multiple sets of things. Because as Phil will tell you now, you're forever throwing things away because, you know, 
somebody had an accident on you know on the way to somewhere else so it's great to be able to buy five and six sets of leggings for next to nothing that yeah. that facility disappears and i'm just glad the kids are, are bigger now it's all online now with the chinese stores so they're looking, probably losing their market you know are we looking for a new sponsor or something <laughs> <laughs> posh pennies to sponsor the forum will be a great one we could we could yeah. model their clothes on a week on a weekly basis look at pete there he can wear the posh pennies orange jerseys um, I want to, if, if, if Posh Pennies want to go down and sponsor us, I want to one of their classic Italian 90 uh, pair of Bermuda shorts, which was fluorescent yellow, fluorescent yeah, green, fluorescent pink, and a blue. Remember those days. Remember those days. Fluorescent colours at that stage um, on each of it. And then, and then lastly, I want one of those Give It A Last Jack jumpers where it was Jack Charlton kicking the ball up into the air. Um, uh, Dan, that was it, 1990. I think I might have one. Um, pennies are Primark UK outfit now Barry you see you're going to you're going to have your balls handed to you and play here pennies aren't pennies were a clothing store that originated in Mary Street um, they may be part of the Primark brand now but they were originally uh, yeah Bill sold didn't you sold yeah, yeah. the real estate so Primark is just what it's called uh, so um, yeah. they couldn't call it when they went to the States because of JC Pennies. anyway yeah. um, stick that up your arse anyway right yeah. now where are we that has been the forum I've been your host Phil Casey below me is Shane Davin with the dodgy mic <laughs> that was mine he kept muting me for ages there uh, beside him is of course is our own rude gullet or hullet Oh, cool uh, next week he's going to be dressing up as somebody else uh, closer <laughs> to Halloween and then we're going to do a poll um, to see which outfit you'd like Pete to wear on <laughs> Halloween Pete's favourite will be to dress up as Lenny Kravitz and come on here and do that I know that's his own personal favourite uh, but anything uh, oh, the Rocky Horror Picture Show something, yep. something you yeah, them stockings up to here Definitely. and then uh, in in uh, competition to that, Andy wants to get on the dressy up game. So next week, you want to see Andy dress up as Brian Mean. Uh, go and look that one up. <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> uh, <laughs> he'd be happy to do so. Right, um, that's, that's been the forum. That's sorry, the Phil, sorry, Phil. Go I on, owe you an apology there. Uh, yeah, that's uh, we we'll wait to raw fair. We can have a proper. Nearly just nearly <laughs> going mad because I never apologised to him ever. <laughs> I, think, I think I think me Mike was the baby month. I feel so. That's a tip for you now in the next few weeks. Don't uh, don't bring the baby month on here, Mike. Same frequency as a yeah. professional yeah. microphone. The other thing is don't, the uh, and don't bring the baby near the microphone. Either. Yeah, exactly. You get yeah. more you get more sense out of that. Uh, right, that's been the format. What what's coming up this week on, on the shows? Will it just make something up, or will Gav get annoyed? And would Champions be- League tomorrow, boys. Is who's in Shawnee Grizz? Oh, the lads! The lads were asking about the champions. Do we? Who do we think is playing tomorrow night? I think a lot of Liverpool players are playing tomorrow night. So that's a, hopefully that's a giveaway. And they're playing Portal. Um, I know Trent isn't playing. Yeah, not not and plane. I know Naby Kate is not playing. And okay, the travel didn't he? Yeah, yeah, he's not playing, but he's not playing. He got injured at the hopefully grass is nice and soft. He got injured going up the steps onto the plane. He got injured taking his bag off the luggage carousel. He got his finger trapped in the rollers and he was dragged around. <laughs> That's because it only happened to him. Um, right, pre and post show tomorrow. tomorrow. Chris back says, and then we probably have the midweek fix. I'm starting to get to know these things. Towards the night, we have um, something. There's a new women's show out this week as well. Chris Brack is saying, this is great. This is like Brilliant. a teleprompter. Um, then, then Friday, we have um, Avi's sports show, which I'm going to be on that this week, I think next week. And then Talking about um, gridiron? 
Yes. Probably talking about, yeah, I just, I need to calm down about the Bears. Anyone knows me, I'm, I'm a Bears <laughs> fan. I'm just, I'm really pissed off today. Um, um, but that's it. So, and then Saturday and Sunday, there'll be, is, is the United Watch this weekend? Wow, City. Next Tuesday. City, 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 City on Sunday. City match. So there'll, there'll be a pre, um, I'm sure there'll be a pre-match uh, style thing and then the Fatback Forest will be back on Sunday to review. So that's been the, the thing. That's been the forum. I've been your host, Phil Casey. Good night, God bless. See you next week. Bye-bye. Social Podcast Network.